Hello, David, and welcome to LOL Radio. Good afternoon, Tyson. How's it going? I'm not moving my lips, by the way. Excellent. Good to know. It's not uh, on radio, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. But it's good to know that you're always keeping practice. Always, always. So you're about to bring your brand new show to Colac and regional Victoria with the shocking revelation that one of your most treasured creations is leaving the show business. So why has Teddy Bear decided to give up performing? Well, he's announcing he's leaving, and uh, he can't stand the stress of showbiz, the paparazzi, flying jet star. Yep. I'm sure you can understand that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but the, sh- the show is about him, uh, you know, uh, what does he want to do, where does he want to go, uh, why does he want to leave, and uh, he proceeds to leave the show and come back, keeping his, he keeps forgetting things, and he has a big grand departure and then comes back, and that happens throughout the show, but... His potential departure leaves a possible vacancy in the show, and so puppets around the world have got wind of this, and they've lined up at the stage door to participate in the You've Got Talent puppet edition in the second act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So are you going to say the regular characters? Like well, of course, the regular characters are paramount in the show, and there's ten brand new characters uh, that audition. Uh, Let's see, there's a drunken clown, uh, there's a Pinocchio impersonator, uh, there's a a skeleton supermodel, uh, puppet I forgot to make a mouth for, uh, Mr. Invisible, the invisible puppet. Uh, The list goes on and on, and, uh, you know, people have asked me, does Teddy Bear really leave? And uh, all I can say is, uh, it's kind of like a John Farnham farewell tour. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So, just a, a little bit about you. You've been performing since um, the 80s. Does it seem like it's been that long? Or? Uh, I've been performing since the 70s. Uh, really? I started uh, doing kids' birthday parties around 1973. Yep. Uh, that'll give you uh, an idea of how old I am. Yep. Uh, I started the comedy clubs in New York City back in the late 70s, 78, 79. Uh, I was performing alongside the likes of Seinfeld and uh, Gary Shandling, Eddie Murphy, Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, did the comedy club circuit in the 80s, uh, came to Australia to do the comedy club in Melbourne in uh, 1991. Yep. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, what, I'm 19 years uh, playing Australia. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Seinfeld and, and stuff like that. Does they, who are your favorite comedians and who do you kind of look up to? Um, you know, I really don't look up uh, to other comedians. Uh, the, you, I'm the kind of guy that sits in the audience during a comedy and thinks to myself, hey, that's funny, rather than laugh out loud. Yep. It's got to be really twisted uh, or sick or, uh, or uh, you know, I love Monty Python. They make me laugh out loud. Yep. Um, you know, we're talking, there's stuff from the 70s and the early 80s. Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arj Barker is uh, very good. Uh, um, you know, uh, there's a comedian, Greg Fleet. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Yep. Uh, he's, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's Australian. And Tim Minchin, Australian, he's, he's uh, a fantastic entertainer. But, you know, being a ventriloquist and uh, talking for puppets, uh, it's kind of hard for me to relate to other comedians because they all stand up and talk about themselves or uh, yeah. where I am uh, talking to characters that I am doing the voices for. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to to compare myself to other other entertainers. Mm-hmm. So do you ever get a chance to switch off or are there always kind of voices running around inside your head? Um, funny you should ask that. Uh, I switch off as soon as the show's over. Uh, the voices never run around in my head unless I am uh, performing on stage or in rehearsal. 
I think that's uh, due to when I started out, I didn't, I didn't want to <clears throat> go crazy or have anybody think I was crazy or have multiple personalities. Yep, fair enough. Uh, and, I, and I think I went so far as to, I once left my house to uh, do a gig and I left Chuck behind and I had to turn around and come back <laughs> and uh, get the puppet. So, mm. um, But when I'm on stage, boy, I, I believe those characters are real. I talk to them like they're real. Uh, uh, and the big challenge to have them say something or display an emotion and have me react to completely different uh, emotions. So there is a, a massive dichotomy that happens during my show that I think gives the illusion these characters are really living, breathing entities. Mm -hmm. Well, um, speaking of living, breathing entities, can we take you back to when Chuck first made his kind of solo appearance on his own robotic-wise? Yeah, that was uh, pretty amazing. Back in the 80s, I'd been doing uh, the comedy clubs for years just with Chuck, and I was bored of what I was doing. I took a year off. I couldn't see. I just was just, I was, I really was every other daggy uh, ventriloquist with really nothing special. And so... One night with a mate, uh, we were pissed, and we came up with the idea to put the remote control servos you find in radio control airplanes, which mm -hmm. I'm a pilot of real aircraft, and I build and fly model aircraft, and mm -hmm. that's been one of my hobbies all my life. And we stuck the servo in his head and a remote control transmitter uh, off stage. Chuck sacked me. He left the st I left the stage. He came alive. And um, back in the late 80s, this blew audiences away because this is way before the making of Jurassic Park. and. Yep. And people really knowing about robotics and electronics and and that type of remote control uh, uh, abilities uh, that yep. uh, were available then, but not many people knew about them. And I'll tell you, it was uh, a life-changing experience. It suddenly gave my show theater. Yeah, it'd be something that obviously they've never seen before, and it's just something completely yeah, different. I went from so. the typical ventriloquist act to suddenly, oh my God, this puppet now is talking and moving on its own. And, uh, now in my show, uh, show I'm bringing to Colac, I have uh, one of the most advanced uh, robotic control devices uh, uh, on par with uh, Walking with Dinosaurs, uh, which their shops in Melbourne. I was yep. able to visit those guys, and they do some amazing robotic stuff as well. But uh, I have a wireless 48-channel uh, system that, uh, at the end of my show, controls my finale. Which, uh, by the way, my show is 98% hand up the bum traditional ventriloquism. <laughs> so uh, it's not like you're coming to see a show where everything's moving by itself uh, and I'm sitting off in the corner reading a magazine. I'm up there off the whole show with my hand in the back working these puppets until the very end when mm -hmm. uh, the surprise is quite, uh, it's jaw dropping, is what it is. Yep. Um, so, you, you've come to Colac before. Do you have any fond memories of uh, Colac or any memories at all? <laughs> I mean, uh, first of all, uh, the smaller cities in Australia is where the true Australians uh, live and reside. Uh, uh, I find the audiences uh, laugh the loudest and laugh more heartily. Uh, I, I kind of grew up in the Western here in, in America, and, uh, you know, the smaller cities in, uh, in rural Australia kind of has that same feeling to me. You know, I, I, I know paddocks. I know... Uh, Stations. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, R.M. Williams. I'm familiar with most of the stuff in that shop there. And uh, I own, I've owned a Cobras all my life. In fact, I've got one with uh, the rattiest, tattiest holes in it, and that's my favorite hat. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I just, I really enjoy getting out and seeing the countryside. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time uh, camping in the Otways. I've picked leeches off my body, yeah. <laughs> uh, bushwalking and uh, spending the night in the Otways. I've caught yabbies, and uh, I love that part of Australia. Uh, you guys are lucky to be living there. Because you are a fan of the outdoors. Oh, I am, I am. I've uh, been very fortunate to... Uh, 
I've explored most of the mountain ranges in Victoria. I've uh, spent some time in the Red Desert in the Simpson. I've mapped islands off uh, Cape uh, Grenville, which is way up by the tip of Cape York, and the very unexplored, or not unexplored, but very unvisited uh, Great Barrier Reef. And I love uh, the Aussie outback, and I'll tell you, give me a swag and a billy and the stars overhead, and I'm a happy camper. Well, with all the travelling, do you find it difficult to kind of adapt humour from town to town, or is it just something that kind of is second nature? Like, everyone laughs uh, at the same Australians, time? Uh, you know, the cities are different, you know, uh, cosmopolitan Melbourne and Sydney and... You know, they tend to be, uh, they're, they're kind of entities in their own right, but uh, you're almost, you do have slightly different accents, you know, yeah, how you going, you know, you know she'll be right, but uh, I don't know, I find if I'm in Esperance or if I'm in Colac, uh, you guys laugh just as loud and uh, get my humor. I, I do always put in a, a little bit of local material, I'll do my research before I come find out what's going on, what's, what's kind of like the latest gossip, yeah. so uh, I always localize my shows wherever I'm at, but uh, I love Australian humor. You know, one of my favorite films is The Castle, and no no Yank would ever understand that one. Yeah. yeah. Do you, have you ever thought of having an Australian puppet? Well, you know, I thought about that, and I've had many people suggest it over the years. You know, uh, I thought about, uh, you know, a kind of a surfer koala, you know, <laughs> who, uh, uh, you know, chooses uh, leaves and the stone the whole time, but... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that would be a little bit disingenuous. It'd be like some Aussie comedian coming over and having an American Eagle puppet. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm really never, you know, uh, or uh, having a nice echidna, you know, who knows? Who knows what? But um, I think my characters are really more, uh, they're more universal. You know, my characters, uh, people love them whether I'm in England or California or, uh, or Victoria. I mean, uh, I'm very fortunate that I've hit uh, kind of a central funny bone and, and mirror all of us in my characters. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a part of like you in all of the characters? There, there has to be, but there isn't really uh, consciously. I mean, one thing that sets me apart from other ventriloquists is my characters have their own parameters. They have their own character traits, um, things that Chuck or Teddy would think the other one wouldn't. Uh, they have hopes, dreams, fears, foibles, neuroses, very well thought, thought out parameters. For example, um, you know, my show is not for little kids. Uh, I think it's 12 to 15. You have to be accompanied by an adult 15 and over. Anybody can come to the show. It's not a Wiggles show, but it's certainly not Rodney Rude. Yeah. Yep. You know, Chuck uh, does, he does say pub language and d- does discuss adult themes, but uh, Teddy Bear would never swear or never say a, a, a foul word. He just wouldn't know it. That, yeah. And that's a very different in character, and all my characters are different. Uh, so I think that's what sets me apart is, is, is you see completely different characters that are well thought out and uh, am I in them uh, I don't I don't really think parts of my personality are in these characters they are as any actor would approach any any character in a play you, you take on those characteristics and if you can bring your own personality into them then I guess it, it makes it a little better but uh, do I walk around with these puppets voices in my head no <laughs> yeah. well, would you have a favorite one if you had to pick one um, not really, because they're always growing. You know, I do yeah. a lot of improvisation in my show, so uh, the show you see on a Monday night is different from the one on Tuesday. I mean, I do have a script I follow. The script changes and gets better for each performance, because I'm always working on it. Uh, I never sit still and be stagnant, so uh, the characters uh, are somewhat harder to work than others. Uh, the Kevin, the space alien, 
Uh, he is um, uh, hard to kind of hold because he's heavy, and I'm and I, I'm holding my arm up in the air to, to kind of hold him up, and yeah. so he's harder to work. Teddy Bear and Grandpa Fred and Sid are basically sock puppets. You put your hand in, and my thumb is the mouth, and yeah. my 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 hand just goes up and down like a mouth, and they're really easy to work. Yeah. Uh, the other puppets I've designed so that uh, the buttons I push for the mouth are the same in all the characters, and, and so they don't have any favorites, I guess, because they're always growing. But you know, Teddy Bear is certainly most loved of, of them all. Well, then uh, finally, as a pop quiz, is Teddy Bear leaving? Well, you know, people ask me, uh, does he leave? He actually has these big, huge uh, uh, final goodbyes and then comes back because he keeps forgetting his stuffed animals. Uh, at the end of the show, I can't tell you what happened, but the Sydney Morning Herald said my ending is touching yet weird. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so people have to come along to Copac on the 11th of May and have a watch of the show themselves. That's right, you will. And uh, the tickets are selling fast. I think one of the shows is almost sold out, so uh, you better... Uh, book now. Yeah, yeah, and the second one's selling very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got a great face for radio, Tyson. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for having a chat with us. All right, cheers, mate. See ya. See ya.